life be like? All right, and welcome, guys, to episode three of the Thick and Thin podcast. Pretty excited about today's episode. It's going to be short and sweet, straight to the point. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be recapping what's going to come up the next few weeks for you guys, the guests that we're going to have on. And also, we're going to talk about some uh, some fucked up shit. It'll get dark for a minute, but I'll bring you guys back, all right? So stay with me. So first on the agenda, next week, we're going to have John. <laughs> Now, John is a retired fighter, and he works for the police department in the gang unit there. So he's got a lot of great stories. He's going to tell us a lot of his uh, training experiences, which are very unique. And the fact that they use, like, cholos to sort of tell him what he was doing wrong. They have sort of connections that they wanted to test him with. Very interesting stuff. Plus, it's a... There's lots of drugs and prostitutes and gang activity out there, so I'm sure we're going to hear some great stories. Can't wait for that one. Following that week, we're going to have Cynthia Aragon on. I'm super excited about this one because CC and me grew up together, and she's married to the current Lion Fight champion, Josh Aragon. And both of them are like family to me, so I can't. they're both going to come on the show. Josh is going to talk to us about you know his training regimen, his life, he had a crazy childhood growing up, and I really value his uh, outlook on sort of, you know, losing uh, my father at the same time and this different stuff that he's really helped me with, uh, mental toughness. Uh, but Cece, we're going to have on, and we're going to talk about being the wife of the fight. And she's going to tell us sort of the things that she has to go through because Cece's not only uh, the wife of a fighter, she's a mother. You know, obviously, like I said wife, what the fuck? <laughs> She's a wife, a mother, a full-time uh, badass banker. And she has to really balance a lot of this stuff out. And she's also hilarious. She does it with grace. And we all love her. So she's going to come on and give us the ins and outs of dealing with, you know, a house full of boys and talk about the fight game from her perspective. Can't wait for that one, as well as Josh's. Some other things we have in the works. We have Dr. Melly coming on who's a good friend of mine. She's a full-blown doctor. <laughs> Someone made it. So she's a uh, uh, emergency room doctor. She's got a lot of interesting advice, stuff that we should know, be informed of on how to live a better, cleaner life, as well as we could find out some of the common things that you know she sees from people uh, that could be prevented. And what I really want to do is get sort of an Instagram thing going where we're going to do an Ask a Doctor segment. And then just have her answer some of the questions or things that you guys submit. Obviously, don't send us a picture of your rashy genitalia. That won't that won't get to her. So don't think about it, buddy. <laughs> we're also going to have my buddy who – so I've been trying to get a therapist on, okay? And I only know a couple, and the ones I know all declined. Uh justifiably so <laughs> but my good buddy daniel different daniel he's actually a drug counselor which i'm super excited about so he went to school for this and he deals with addicts on a daily basis as well as he volunteers at schools to talk to some of the youth um try to be take preventative measures because drug addiction is a pandemic epidemic whatever demic you want to say it's it's fucking nuts and i'm gonna tell you guys a story right now it's gonna make me a little bit sad but we'll get into that 
and I'm just really excited to have him on. And he's one of those guys that got me into AA and helped me stay with it. Uh, I don't really practice it as much now. I don't go as much. I'll catch a meeting here and there when I can. But he showed me the ins and outs of the program. He warned me who to stay away from, who to avoid. And sometimes I didn't always heed his advice. And I would ultimately pay the price for it. And it came to be that he was one of the people that was giving me true advice, never asking for anything in return, and truly a great person, great friend, and I, I can't wait to get him on. Also, we have Traffic with Rob the Mamba podcast uh, owner, Rob Casaneda. He's going to be coming on, talking to us about some sports, and we're going to make it interesting because obviously I'm not a sports guy. I grew up watching sports, and uh, he's going to have his perspective. I'm going to have mine, and we're just going to kind of sort of talk and swap our ideas and have a good conversation about, you know, what's what's your draw to it, what's your takeaway from it, you know, that sort of thing. So it's going to be great. I'm super pumped for these guests. Uh, we got another star that's going to get on, uh, Natalie Morgan, who's a professional MMA fighter. Uh, not only is she a fighter, uh, MMA fighter, Muay Thai fighter, but she's also an actress. She was on HBO's 1408, flawless performance. She's also on a, I think it's a Tony, I don't want to say the wrong credentials for her awards, but... Ed Sheeran's new music video, she's in that. She has some really interesting stories to tell us about that sort of thing. As well as she was used to be in a band. She's just a great person overall, so I can't wait to get her on. The thing that sort of holds me back is my lack of experience podcasting. So especially if there's a technical issue on the spot that I have to fix, most of the time I have to sort of refer to my buddy Daniel Frappalap, who was on episode one, and text him. He texts me. <laughs> back and we kind of do it that way so i hesitate but i'm getting it as we go guys so pretty soon it's going to be a star-studded uh, podcast and we'll have a lot of great stuff to talk about kobe bryant man this is super sad we just lost him and it's uh, a hard one to swallow you know he watching kobe for since i was in high school and he never he was always one of those guys that you, he was constantly great. Everyone has an off-season here or there. But he's one of those guys from when I was a young adolescent to when I became a man. I watched, you know, I can remember watching the championship, Game 7 versus the Celtics. They win, and everybody, all my friends were all hanging out. And those are sort of like those bonding moments you have, that brotherhood where everyone is getting along and has a common interest. And it's a really good feeling, and that's part of, you know, what, makes me the kind of person I am, I think, very loyal to my friends. is And moments like that were based around, you know, uh, this this guy and his team taking us to some championships and really bringing the city together and going to Laker parades and seeing him play at Staples Center and just really to see him, you know, pass away at the, you know, and his daughter too. It's just really sad. And plus everyone in the, the helicopter, you know, uh, nothing but positive vibes and prayers to the, the families of those people. And I mean, just in, I was in Thailand a, a couple months ago. My buddy asked me, hey, can you bring me a, a Kobe jersey? So I went and found him a Kobe jersey and brought it back to him. And it just shows, you know, he's already been retired for a little bit. And people don't forget, you know, that's the that was our city city captain right there. So rest in peace, Mamba. You know, it's it's always weird with celebrity deaths because some people take it hard. Obviously, I'm not going to be as dramatic as, as saying I can't breathe and that sort of thing. But I, I would be lying if I didn't say it didn't fuck with me. When uh, Steve Irwin died, for example, man, I was heartbroken. Completely heartbroken. 
And the reason for that was because, looking back now, should I say, that was at a time when I was growing up and me and my grandfather, I, I call him my pops, he's the one that raised me. We didn't watch a lot of the same stuff. We didn't get along that well because I was, you know, obviously a dorky little kid and he's an old school sort of zoot suitor, uh, you know, a hustler. But would he one day he was like, hey, look at this crazy son of a bitch. And I go over and he's watching The Crocodile Hunter. And I sat there and we watched it for a couple hours and he would talk to me. And that was – I remember the first – one of the first bonding experiences I had with my pops is watching that. And you kind of have to throw him into that equation, right? Or Chester Bennington when he passed. Like, man, I grew up on Lincoln Park. I used to listen to Hybrid Theory before I went to bed or when I was sleeping I would listen to it. Uh, and I knew a lot of other people that did that too. You know, and uh, you can't help but feel super sad for people that are there in those kind of moments with you when you're coming of age and stuff and they're gone. So I understand the uh, I understand both and people that, are, oh, you didn't know him. You didn't know him. But eh, I felt like I did. And they're a big part of my life. So go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chris Farley, when Chris Farley passed, you know, that impacted a lot of people. He was hilarious on SNL. I loved him. There's actually a really good tribute. If you look up Adam Sandler tribute to Chris Farley. In Adam Sandler's latest stand-up special, I think it's his only stand-up special, he has a tribute that he does to Chris Farley towards the end. It's really good. Definitely check it out. They add a lot of the uh, you know, pictures, and they they have some, some great stuff on there that really makes you remember him and keeps his spirit alive. So I love it. Check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, so quick story that's also kind of uh, on the darker end. You know, recently... I went to a party, a friend's birthday party, and my buddy was in town, and he was talking about drinking and stuff like that, and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't really down about it because I'm very happy and content being sober, but I was telling him, I was like, it kind of sucks how all of our friends can, can do drugs and drink all night and party, and it doesn't seem like they have any repercussions, but, you know, for someone like me, if I took a drink or, you know... Th- uh, did some drugs, obviously, <laughs> something like that. Like things would go bad internally, externally. My life could fall apart really quick, and you can't help sometimes. In my case, but to feel sorry for yourself a little bit, I guess. And he's like, "Yeah, man, but you don't really know what's going on. You don't know what's going on inside of their bodies. You know, you're healthy, and you should be grateful." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." So we get to this party, and we're hanging out. We're having a good time. My friend comes up to us. And tells us about a, a mutual friend we all have that had just passed away. And he had just found out that night, and it was from a drug overdose. Uh, we're not exactly sure, but we're 95% sure that's what happened. And it sort of hit us to a point where, you know, we're at a party, so we can't sit there and start crying. But as men, we kind of just reverted to sort of a weird storytelling mode where we all just started telling stories about, you know, how he impacted our lives and things that we really remembered him by. It was really fucking sad. You know, we 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 kind of had a good bonding moment there. And then when we left and the party was over and I was at home alone, I was just thinking about him. I was like, damn, man. So it's super sad. And rest in peace to our buddy. Uh, those of you guys that know him, know him. Those of you guys that don't, it's just more of the the line of how dangerous, you know, drugs and alcohol can be. And not necessarily, you know, if you could party responsibly, fucking by all means, man, go for it. I can't, <laughs> you know, I just can't. I wish I can do it. Uh, there's times where, you know, I'm at a 
a restaurant with some friends and everyone's taking shots and I'm like, yeah, whiskey. I used to love whiskey. I'd love to have a little whiskey here and there and sip on it. And, you know, the next day, just go about my day. It just doesn't work that way. And that's okay. You know, it's just figuring out how to live like this, which is something I, it took me a lot of time, a lot of grinding, but I think it got it down. I'm very happy and content with where I'm at now. But, you know, this, this shit's real. We all know somebody who is indirectly or directly affected by drugs or alcohol. And those people need help. And most of the time, we're not equipped to do it, really. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to, how do you, you know, try to navigate around something you have no idea. You know, it's like someone that's never, uh, you know, seen explosives trying to, uh, you know, uh, dismantle a bomb or something like that. It's really what it is. So we have to understand that some of these things are out of our control. There's programs that you can get into like Al-Anon where it teaches you how to deal with and navigate around a drug addict or an alcoholic because there's only so much you could do to where it's not ruining your life. But there's also certain things you could do that might save somebody's life. So it's important that you kind of explore those avenues. Feel free to hit me up if you aren't sure. That's why I really want to get my buddy Daniel in here because he could help You know, someone that's maybe not feeling too confident about what's going on with their situation. He could help navigate that for you. So we'll, we'll have him on and we'll have you guys submit some questions. You know, if I do this and does this, does this make me addict? Whatever the case is. Because everybody's different and everyone's definition is different. So we'll try to do the best we can to get help for those that we can help. All right. On another note, I did my first stand-up spot yesterday. Well, not stand-up spot, but a headlining stand-up spot yesterday. Woo! So I had gone to school with this girl. Or woman, should I say? She's a little bit older. She's very cool, very free-loving, you know, sort of hippie spirit, which I, I absolutely adore. And she called me up and she said, "Yeah, I'd love for you to come in, tell this story that I tell during my my stand-up routine." So sure. What time should I be there? She says you're going on at seven fifty. The show is seven to eight. That means you're a headliner. Because you're the last person they're gonna see, right? So. I was like, oh, headlining, which <laughs> it was basically just a, for once I had a spot that I didn't have to show up and hopefully try to claim. Because with these open mics, you go, you sit there for hours. There's not a guarantee that you're going to go up. So you can't really tell friends that want to see you or anything like that. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. So this was a time I actually had an assigned slot. I was super pumped, but the lady that was going on after me, there was an 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock show. She was going to do an hour of stand-up. She's 86 years old. Terrific woman. Her name is Ruth Miller, I believe. And she has two PhDs. She's working on her third one right now at the age of 86. She still travels the world and does stand-up. So it's very inspiring. And it was a lot of her friends, <laughs> which are around her age, and their spouses, sort of that demographic, which isn't exactly my group. <laughs> but they ended up being great. I just didn't hear any laughs. It sort of set me into a panic. <laughs> so I started chattering and, and skipping jokes. And I just, I, I've never been that out of sorts before. Uh, when I got off, thankfully Nikki was there and she said, you know, great job. It was wonderful. I, that kind of made me feel better. And she told me that most of the people in the bar area that were just there to drink and party, they were, they were loving it. So that made me feel a lot better. But I couldn't help but shit on myself a lot. You know, your own toughest critic. But it went well. It went well for what I thought was a, a bad situation. You know, just the way the acoustics were set up and stuff like that. So I got to headline a spot. That was awesome. 
and she asked me to come back. She said I did great, the uh, lady that threw the, the show. So I'm excited about that. I'll let you guys know when that one's coming up. And if you guys have anything you want to talk about or me to talk about, submit it in the, the messages on my Thick and Thin podcast page on Instagram, and I will get to them. Please like and subscribe because it means a lot, and it definitely helps if you guys leave a comment. I've got a couple one-two haters out there, so anything we could do to, to bat them away is greatly appreciated. All right, guys. Take it easy. Take care. And I'll see you guys next time. Later.